Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crackin' One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hey, Field Hang 10, watch out for a new wave of episodes for Forgotten Cinema Season 9, Forgotten Summer. Ugh, really, Butler, a theme season? Let me guess, we're going to talk about films that were released in the coveted summer months that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences. You know it, bro. What we liked about them or maybe didn't, but we'll always recommend people check them out. Maybe they'll find their own Forgotten Summer gem. So check out Forgotten Summer wherever you get your podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hold on, gotta catch this wave. We're sitting at desk in the recording booth. And welcome, Nerdy Knights of the Well-Rounded Table, to Bohemian Geek Studies, where we take extremely dorky dives into our favorite fandoms. I'm Colleen McMillan, Jedi Master and Rebel Scum Collaborator. And I am Pirate Jedi, Anders Drew, but no matter what rank you carry, one thing will always remain constant. Much to learn, we still have. Yeah, you know who has much to learn? Thrawn! Oh no! Mm. <laughs> Look, yeah. it's a Force Moose! No one was expecting that. <laughs> No one ever expects the uh, Bendu Inquisition. All right, this season on Bohemian Geek Studies, we are taking a detailed dorky dive into Star Wars Rebels. Today, we're diving into season three, episodes 21 and 22, the finale of season three, Zero Hour Parts One and Two. Yes, we have done our absolute best to scramble our signature and we will be avoiding spoilers for the future of Rebels, but I will absolutely throw in an adult content warning for the younglings. They're warning everybody, Callus is in these episodes, Flo is on this episode. <laughs> There's a lot to talk about. But without further ado, let's hop on board the ghost. We are going to hopefully try once again to head back to Lothal, but I guess we have to stop on Adelon first and we will explore our holocrons of knowledge. Colleen, let's punch it with that first holocron. You got it. We are in our first holocron, the Journal of the Wills, where we go over the episode plot and synopses for the week. We do get a glimpse of Lothal at the beginning, a tease, if you will. Thrawn arrives on Lothal to give Constantine, Price, and Tarkin a briefing on the upcoming rebel attack on the TIE Defender facility. Callus, using a mouse droid, great use of a mouse droid, Callus overhears everything. At Chopper Base, Ezra's wondering like how far they've come. He's like, you know, we, we've done some shit, man. And Kanan's like, mm-hmm, you're such a child, but yes, yes, we have. Kanan assures him that he's grown as well indicating that there might not be much left the boy can learn from his master, which was like, mm. but then Ezra coming in hot is like, no, he responds that he doesn't only rely on Kanan for Jedi training. He relies on him for life advice as well. <laughs> Adorable. No notes. Beautiful. They are interrupted by Harris announcement of the impending arrival of General Jordana's fleet. Woo. Complete with the Y-Wings Phoenix Squadron stole earlier in the series, the Rebels are officially gathering. We are amassing the forces, and it is mm -hmm. amazing, and we're all just like, yes, yes, yes! <laughs> so, back on the phone, Kanan sneaks off to a very familiar-looking tower uh, in order to send an emergency fulcrum transmission to warn the Rebels Thrawn knows that they are coming. Mm -hmm. 
unfortunately, he's interrupted. He only gets the very, very early part of his message out, and he gets interrupted by the Grand Admiral himself. Mm -hmm. And after a very <laughs> intense hand-to-hand -hand fight, yes. Callus is arrested. Mm -hmm. Now Thrawn then uses Callus's transmission combined with the trajectory of Dodana's fleet and some artwork from local systems to finally solve his puzzle and pinpoint the location of Chopper Base on Adalon. He has yeah. the answer. Back at the base, Hera is briefing the assembled rebels along with some holograms of Ryder Azadi and Mom Mothma. Again, some nice callbacks to earlier characters that we haven't seen in a little while. Mm -hmm. um, and she plays the beginning of Fulcrum's message. And at that point, Ryder's hologram just kind of vanishes. And Hera realized the Empire knows where they are and have started jamming them. Mm -hmm. The fleet attempts to, to get out of there, but the presence of two interdictor cruisers is preventing them from jumping into hyperspace. Thrawn contacts the rebels down on the planet, telling a defiant Hera that he actually has no interest in their surrender. <laughs> he intends to break and beat them. That is yeah. an intense message. So freaking intense. He is definitely trying to break them just with the speech. Like he's like, yeah, maybe we can skip the battle and just break them right here with my my rousing speeches. Yes. No. Hera devises a plan to bring more rebel reinforcements, playing on the idea that Thrawn believes this is the entire fleet of the Rebellion. She tells Kanan, Ezra, and Chop to use Maul's gauntlet ship to break the blockade and go get help, but Kanan stays behind. It's adorable. I love it so much. He can't leave. He just can't leave. He's going to go get some help from someone closer to home. Wonder who that could be. Hmm, it's kind of a hilarious moment where they're like, Ezra's like, wait, you really think? Yeah. Yes, I do think. Yeah. Yeah, and Harris he like, going to... all right. I mean, you've talked about this guy. I don't think it's that good of an idea, but okay. And for once, Ezra is correct. <laughs> we have the fleet engaging the Empire in battle over Adalon, which is really cool to see, even though it is devastating. But they just can't find an opening for Ezra. In the end, Commander Sato sacrifices himself and the troop carrier from Ryloth way earlier in the series to take out one of the interdictors. And a very arrogant, overconfident Constantine by bitch. Fucker. What a fucking idiot. My God. <sighs> this gives Ezra the ability to jump away. During the battle, Kanan meets with Bendu and attempts to convince him to fight alongside the rebels, shockingly, to no one except Kanan, apparently. Bendu is not swayed. <laughs> God, wild shit. After Ezra jumps away, Thrawn's forces destroy Dodonna's flagship, and the general, along with the rest of the rebels, are forced back down to the planet. Kanan is pleading with Bendu, who sees a picture much larger than these petty battles. Mm. A little too large, I think. Too big. A little bit mm, too... Mm. What are you doing, Bendu? Bendu ultimately disappears, telling Kanan that it is the will of the force that the, oh, the Jedi all died. <laughs> Which, Harsh. kind of. Yes. I, I think that he's partially correct there. We're going to talk about that a little later. And that he is one who carries out the will of the force. He's not there to answer to Kanan. Basically. He's like, he's the watcher. If anyone's been watching What If. <laughs> yes, he is very much like a watcher from What If, for sure. In hyperspace, Ezra contacts Mon Mothma, who is unwilling to commit more resources to saving his friends, which is understandable. She can't send the entirety of the rest of the rebellion. Yes, she can. I mean, Jesus she Christ, could, she could. But if they were all crushed in one place, they'd be done. 
if she reserves some forces, they still have a chance. But losing Dodonna and losing Hera would be crippling blows. Yeah. To the rebellion. She's kind of cutting a losses here. I'm wondering if she's in contact with Mon or Mon Calamari at this point and it's like, maybe we have them on retainer, really? So we have a chance to fight back. But Ezra's like, yeah, bye. I gotta go if you're not gonna help me. He decides they have one last hope. Sabine. Yes, yes, yes. Going back for Sabine. You All right. So Part two opens. Hera has decided Thrawn is getting ready for some orbital bombardment. He's got all of his Star Destroyers up there. And so she's getting Zeb and Rex to get the shield generator that they found on Geonosis up and running. But it was really more Sabine's project, so they're not 100% sure that this is going to work. Mostly because they didn't do it, but they're also like, Sabine built it, so it probably will. (laughs) And it does start up. The Rebels have a defense. They have a shield now Thrawn starts the bombardment, and Kanan, unfortunately, wasn't back yet. He was still speeding back on the bike, and yeah. um, some pretty decent accuracy of those uh, blasters getting that close to him. I mean, I think it's just when Random you have that many chance. shots, yeah, yeah. It, definitely they're going to get. The shield is hurting. It's about to burn out, but Thrawn's just like, all right, they've had enough. Mm-hmm. He is supposed to get prisoners. I know people are like, why didn't he just keep shooting? It's like Tarkin told him to get prisoners yeah so he's going to try if he can plus he's arrogant as fuck he thinks they can beat them yep and uh he gets a he gets ready for ground assault Kanan manages to radio in that he's okay and there's a nice little taunting between callus and thrawn (laughs) callus callus is laughing yes he's like I've been ex- exactly where you are, buddy. And these guys always somehow pull out the win. Like, just, sure. just let you know. Sure, you're going to prevail. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> Ezra, <laughs> meanwhile, has traveled to Kronos to mm-hmm. plead Sabine and Clan Ren's help. Mm-hmm. Now, they can't commit a large force. Ursa is very in a very precarious position. They are at war with Clan Saxon. Mm-hmm. They are... F- pretty much at war with the empire on their own yeah. <laughs> at the same time and they just don't have the numbers but unlike mom mothma she's like you know what we maybe we can help a little bit yeah so sabine agrees to go and her mother allows her you can have a couple of ships and anyone who's willing to help they right. agree and they they really are like the main problem is this is this interdictor yeah yes I it must be really hilarious for them to see Ezra flying in on a gauntlet class Mandalorian ship. Yeah. And they're like, where the fuck did Ezra Bridger get this shit? So, yep. <laughs> so they know they have to take out this second interdictor in order for the fleet to be able to jump away. And how are they gonna do that with a couple of ships and not that many people? But you know what? Sabine's got a plan. Always. Sabine always has a plan. She always has a plan. It always works. Okay, so before he leaves for the ground assault, Thrawn leaves Price in charge of the fleet, and Callus warns Thrawn, he's been in the Grand Animal's position, he's like, yeah, mm, good luck, friend, salute ya, have fun. Rex and Zed have laid some landmines and prepared to defend the base. I love these two, I wish we could get more of them in their banter. Yeah. Fantastic, love them both. They take out the first wave of the attackers, the chicken walkers, but in doing so, they reveal their position. Thrawn sends in the heavy AT-AT walkers and targets the rebels' hiding spots. Yikes. Inside the base, Hera tells everyone else to be ready to run. Like, we, mm, 
the ATATs are coming. We got to get the fuck out of here. We can't jump away. Well, we can't stay here. Yeah, we got to <laughs> do something. We have to try something. In orbit, Ezra and Sabine arrive with the Mandalorian reinforcements. Ah! After jamming the Imperials and contacting Hera to be ready to, to evacuate, get out of there. Ezra, Sabine, and Fen Rao, yay, land on the interdictor to try and take it out. Price, of course, is like, mm, that's not great. She orders Imperial troops to stop them. Like, that was a hilarious <laughs> moment. Like the guy, the guy's like, they've landed, they're they're landing on the interdictor. And she's like, then stop them. Then why stop. are you even asking me about this? Right? Exactly. Like, why why is this coming to the Chimera? I should not be. The enemy is coming. This. Then shoot back. Shoot them. And Callus is like, <laughs> I do love she's like, throw them up the airlock. <laughs> He's like, ah shit, this might be it. Yeah. So the remaining rebels down on the planet are surrounded inside the base, and Thrawn's about to start taking them out. Like, he, Hera's not about to surrender. She's like, you will not take me prisoner. <laughs> but then Bendu arrives in the form of a massive, massive thunderstorm yeah. and uses that lightning to take out several walkers, causing some major chaos. Also, this is where the force can be used to control the weather, like when Yoda calls down the lightning. So don't tell me that it didn't happen before Last Jedi. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Taking Bendu's advice, who Bendu is screaming, leave this place. And he's not just talking to the Empire. He's talking to everybody. And Kanan's like, yo, we need to to do that. He manages to get the rebels onto their ships, and they take off. Mm -hmm. Ezra and Sabine are successful in taking out the Interdictor, a little too easily, I think. Like they seem yeah. to take it down with hand blasters, even though they're concentrating fire in like one small place. But yeah, still, a little too easy. <laughs> a little too but easy. We'll, we'll give it to them this time. Yeah, <laughs> the rebels are able to break through the blockade and escape. Callus manages to disable his guards who are about to throw him out of an airlock mm-hmm. <laughs> and make it to an ex- escape pod. Signal the ghost, and they pick him up on the way out. Mm-hmm. Price is not happy. She, uh, her life is now starting to kind of crumble around her in this mm-hmm. moment. Yep. <laughs> Beginning of the end. <laughs> Down on the planet, Thrawn, defiant to the end, um, has his troops fire at the center of Bendu's storm, and the being, the, the Bendu, the one in the middle, falls from the sky. Bendu is also pretty damn defiant, though, and he's like yeah. laughing at this Real. turn of events. Thrawn is standing over him. And he says that he is, in fact, something that Thrawn cannot destroy. Kind of implying also that he's something Thrawn cannot understand. Yes. And in fact, he sees Thrawn's fate, his defeat surrounding him like many arms in a cold embrace. Yep. Oh, no. Portents. Portents of doom. <laughs> Thrawn responds. Like Thrawn, uh, yeah, shoots him in the face. <laughs> yeah, Thrawn responds by shooting uh, him in the face. Or so it would seem. But... The creature's entire body has vanished mm-hmm. yet again i do like that this is one part where thron actually looks shaken mm-hmm. like because he doesn't understand what's happened he he just does not oh to end up the episode we're back in hyperspace the survivor is beginning to heal another really cool tracking shot kind of like the end of season two where they're tracking through the yes. ghost but this time it's filled with people that they've helped instead of being filled with despair like the end of season two. Hmm. Hera thanks Ursa Ren for her help, and Sabine says she wants to repay that aid. Hera can't go herself. She needs to get these rebels to the command center, basically. But Sabine and any others who want can go, which is fair. 
Callus thanks Kanan adorably. I love this scene. I love that they have it in there for taking him in. Kanan in turn thanks Callus for all that he's been risking to help them. AP5 and Rex, another great combo. <laughs> Fantastic. Are plotting the best port course to get them all to Yavin. Yavin, interesting. And Kanan finds Ezra. Mm. He thanks his Padawan for getting Sabine to help, but Ezra is very distraught at all they've lost. Like they have lost a lot. He thought they were going to go liberate his planet and that it's not on the cards yet. Kanan empathizes with him, but also notes that now he sees sees things differently. Thanks, Kanan. That's great. They have a future together where they are free, but it's up to them all to make that dream a reality. I, I'm picking a nit with the with this last line here. Mm. Like it, it's a good line, yes. but that's what they it were is, trying to do. Yeah. That's already what you were trying to do. That's what Ezra was wanting to do with the whole, <laughs> it was up to them to free his planet and yes. make that dream a reality. Yes. This isn't a yeah. new piece of information, Kaden. No, he's he's being inspirational dad here. Apparently you, you, you don't see things that differently. Maybe because you well, can't see. Oh no. <laughs> All the blind jokes. <laughs> oh my God, yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, with that said, let's go into our second holocron, The Will of the Force. This is where we get into the theme or themes of these episodes. Colleen, you want to start us off with kind of the, the contained episode themes? Yes, we have a couple today. We have parts of the whole. Just as Ezra is amazed by how each of the Ghost Crew members have helped, basically, put together the attack on Lothal. Yay, good job, Ghost Crew. The individual Rebel Cells are also coming together to form something. As Price puts it, quote-unquote, unprecedented. Mm, interesting. Thrawn is also good at putting multiple pieces together into a whole picture, as he does with Dodonna's path, Fulcrum's transmission, and the art of the local systems to find the rebel base. Pretty cool. It was really cool. Pretty cool deduction by Thrawn here. Callus like, watching it happen, like, thought. <laughs> Even trying that last little bit, like, oh, but there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Unlike Obi-Wan. <laughs> Thrawn's like actually when Thrawn uses that art it actually reminds me of um it reminds me of the movie Prometheus in the Ooh, beginning yeah. where they're looking at the cave paintings and they're like this this symbol this path in these stars is like all mm -hmm. over the place so it must mean something and they use that to plot a course yep oh, say what you dear. want about the rest of the movie but that part is cool I like parts of Prometheus it's I like parts of right Prometheus film. I like parts of Covenant too but yeah. I want the next one, please. Give us more Michael Fassbender as a wouldn't, crazy sin. Wouldn't like, mind please. it. I'd, I'd it see it. Us. I'd see it. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, yes, enough about Michael Fassbender. <laughs> Everyone has a part to play is our next theme for these episodes. Everyone's strengths are showing really well in these episodes. Hera's leadership, Kanan's faith, Sabine's brains, insane, Zeb's brawn, and Ezra's determination. They're all part of the same family. They all come together in the end and none of it would have worked if they didn't have all these pieces. Mm -hmm. It just would not have. Chopper too. We can't forget Chop. We can't forget Chopper. He didn't really get much of a chance to shine here, but he no. does still pilot. He pilots the gauntlet mm -hmm. <laughs> that helps him take out the interdictor. And mm -hmm. as always, none of them would be there if Chopper wasn't as brave as he is and also right. a little murder, murder droid. <laughs> That's right. Okay, Anders next, our series theme. What have we got? So kind of playing on the same types of ideas, going back to our series theme of the bigger picture. Heading to Yavin, you say? 
Phoenix Squadron is heading to Rebels' main base. The series is barreling towards the events of Rogue One and New Hope, tying our ghost crew into the movies even further. We've also got characters like Bendu, who seem to see the larger picture, probably too large. Um, If you are going to choose to exist on this plane of existence, then you probably should take part in it. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. You've if also you're got, part of life, you're part of the galaxy. Yeah. If you, you've also got characters like Mom Mothma, who is seeing the larger picture beyond this. It actually kind of reminds me, which just happens to have been um, the episode of Supergirl from last night. It is not a direct one-to-one comparison because Supergirl was dealing a lot with like systemic racism as pieces mm-hmm. and the blind spots of that. But the idea that the heroes are so focused on fighting the big supervillains you know, so that we have a future for tomorrow that they're kind of forgetting about all the people suffering today who probably yes. can't make it through today if you don't yes. help. And that's a, a huge issue in a lot of shows right now, which is really good to see. Um, everybody knows I love My Hero Academia anime, and that's one of the really big themes that's going on with the villains is that they were failed by heroic society because they slipped through the cracks. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a big enough problem, so no one took care of it. And now you get these people who are in so much pain that they become villains. And mm, yes, yay, social commentary. Woohoo. We're here for it. All, <laughs> All right. right. Oh, next. Moving into the third holocron, the galaxy's populace. This is where we will cover the characters and relationships highlighted in these episodes. And I'm going to start us off with one of Colleen's boos. We got Thrawn. It's, I do love Thrawn. Yes. <laughs> Well, it's usually justified in Thrawn kind of like being the smartest person in the room and doesn't mean he still isn't here. Thrawn actually finally kind of starts to overplay his hand here and get into, dare I say, arrogance. Mm-hmm. Like he is he is playing with his food yeah. when he's kind of like taunting the taunting the rebels. He's taunting Callus when he really could have taken care of them a lot simpler. Yeah. A lot smoother. So starting to starting to show some edges there with Thrawn. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. not as infallible as he thinks he is. And we don't even we don't even get him. we don't even get a nice little scene where he's like, actually, I found this whole thing instructive. Right. Damn it. Could use that. He also shows us a keen part of his art fixation. Now, mm-hmm. previously, when he's talked about art, he's been doing it to kind of analyze characters, analyze people, and mm-hmm. trying to guess their motives usually Sabine, and by extension, the fact that identify the ghost crew. But he actually shows us a more practical side to it here, that those images are based on reality. Mm-hmm. And so it is because of that that he is able to use that to create a star chart from the local yeah. art. Yeah. Now, his inability here to really understand kind of the mystical parts of the galaxy, though, is starting to show in our be very apparent by the episode's end yeah he doesn't do well with intangibles yeah he has no idea how to deal with that he is very very kind of like science-minded in that way yes because he studies religions and things but the force really is like outside religion and there's enough magic to uh, it that he just doesn't but he still has like he still has a somewhat working knowledge of it. I mean, yeah. he he's a he chiss. He's a chiss. Yeah. Spoilers for wider galaxy. The chiss use force sensitive children to navigate hyperspace. They are well aware right. of, of its capabilities. Yes. But he only thinks they use it to navigate, or at least 
but even then they're aware of he's aware of the third site and i mean in he knows it's a thing (laughs) in greater in greater good like he's like oh that must be what they call it (laughs) yes they he's aware of course (laughs) yes or whatever the uh the aliens i'm blanking on the name now the 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 people he was trying to help in the second ascendancy book who were like so many, who were like so getting into the great beyond who are they were like going to commit suicide to reach the great beyond yes the banagus i, yeah, I yeah, called yeah. her i called her the nagus because <laughs> of star trek deep space nine but that was like the leader of their group yeah. yeah yeah so he does get like spirituality but he's not equipped to deal with something like the bendu mm-hmm. he's just not i had this question why the fuck is thrawn going down to the planet <laughs> he's flexing like he's just flexing here yeah he didn't have to go no he did not he like freaking walks out of the shuttle with his death trooper escort like dude you're not vader don't do this (laughs) you do not have to do the drama king situation you don't oh frustrating i love thrawn i love you but this was no he just shouldn't have done that next we have callus poor callus he's officially discovered as fulcrum in this episode and he's devastated when Thrawn uses his attempt to warn Phoenix Squadron to find Chopper Base, like everything Callus has been doing, Thrawn has been stockpiling, mm-hmm. basically, in order to find the rebels. And Callus has to realize that in this moment, and it's really hard to watch. Although he does get some really great moments later on in this episode, so most notably when Thrawn says, like, quote, he has the heart of a rebel. Oh no, not that. <laughs> Anything but that. Callus replies, I'll take that as a compliment. You know what? <laughs> all all they had to do was when he came back from the ice planet, be like, yo, good to see you again, man. Yes. Like one person had done that. No one. And this is like they, when he they gets were like, rescued you were in gone? the pod, he doesn't even flinch. He like calls them and knows they're coming. Yeah. He knows. Like he he does not look concerned one bit when he's in that escape pod. He's like, no, the ghosts will come for me. They will. And because of that, he's no longer beholden to the Empire. He's grown into one of the series' best and most complex characters. I love him so much. Like, he's come so far from that rigid company man guy that we got in season one. Like, no notes, Filoni and team on Callus. Everything has been pitch perfect. You've brought us to this moment. It's fantastic. And also, I see you, Zeb, being worried about your boyfriend. Like, for real. He's like, oh, it's Callus. Like, yes, Zeb, we know. It's gonna be okay. <laughs> Moving on, uh, we get we get our boy Ezra. Ezra yeah. hasn't really taken center stage in a little while. Mm-hmm. So we get to see his hopes of liberating Lethal more or less die in this finale. Yeah. But ultimately, he's not without hope in general. He's very smart to think of Sabine for aid mm-hmm. when Moth- Mothma, quote unquote, can't help. I, I yeah, refuse yeah. to say can't there. She won't help. <laughs> Ezra is able to even kind of inspire some of the Mandalorians into helping him. And without them, the rebels never would have escaped Thrawn's blockade. But really for Ezra, this episode, it is his relationship with Kanan that kind of gets the spotlight. Mm -hmm. Kanan admits that there's not much more he can teach Ezra since his own training was ultimately very limited. Mm -hmm. Kanan was, what do we say, like 12, 14? 14, I think. Yeah, when order 66 happens so mm-hmm. and i mean we're used to kanan kind of selling himself short when it comes yeah. to the force idea and being yeah. a jedi so yeah. it's really great that esther's here in this moment to actually reassure kanan that he doesn't yeah. care about learning to use the force as yeah. much as all the other things that kanan can teach him 
teach him about how to be a better person, how to live a good yeah. life, mm-hmm. which I really now actually that I think about it want Kanan to get really drunk one night and give Ezra like some old stories back from oh, like God. the new dawn days. <laughs> back when I was dating university students. Ezra's back like, when what? I was back when a I was making boy. my way. Yeah, back when I was a fuck boy living above a bar. <laughs> I heard this really beautiful voice one night. <laughs> God, the Canaan Canaan version of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, God, yes. Poor Ezra. He'd be stuck there forever. But this is a really great moment for them as teacher and student to really be more like father and son and to fully embrace it, not like every other father-son relationship in Star Wars that shies away from doing that. Right. No, they just fully are like, yep, you're basically my kid. You're basically my dad. And that's fine. And they're both force- sensitive jedi and it's yep. fine that they have a loving relationship mm, yoda fuck you <laughs> we love you but also mm, interesting okay next we have the bendu he's fucking pissed he's not happy camper in this episodes he has made it clear abundantly angry he's very he could be hangry he needs a snickers he resides in the middle and he proves it here by attacking everyone, not just the Empire. He's after Kane and Jarrus Jedi Knight as well. Hard. So get the fuck off my planet, you assholes. I let you stay here. You bring war. Go away. I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> I love it. I think that Kanan made the right move here, though. They really did need this kind of... I don't think it's a duos machina just because Bendu's been there the whole time and it doesn't really come out of nowhere. We know he's really powerful. Yeah. But we needed something that would tip the scales and trick Thrawn. Like we needed something that Thrawn wouldn't see coming. And so Bendu was a good choice for that. Like Kanan's intuition to go and disturb him was, was good. <laughs> kind of a dick move though to call him bit. coward. And he knows what he's doing. Like Kanan knows what he's doing here. Like, mm, not great. Neither of them are blameless, though, in what happens. Bendu's just as much to blame. I, I think it's a really interesting road that they decided to take with the story. Like, usually the wise old mentor, like, saddles up to go help mm-hmm. defeat the baddies, or at least, like, Comes offers out of retirement. Some... like, all right, all right. One last mission. Or he at least offers, like, some sage advice. No. Not here, not even a little bit. Bendu basically gives Kanan the finger and tells him it was the will of the force that the Jedi were wiped out. <laughs> not, not cool, Bendu, not cool. Even if it is probably true, like still, it really did not need to be said. Really twisting the knife there, buddy. <sighs> exactly, like, sure, I guess you should be interpreting the force, but can you stop? Like, no. Like, mm-hmm. I just know there will be a certain ambassador later in our episode who will be very happy that bendu is gone at least he's gone he's gone gone. for all intents and purposes bendu is gone yes next up we have hera and she in this episode really is coming to her own as a Mm -hmm. commander dare i say a general Uh, when Sato sacrifices himself, Hera is very quick to just take over. And yeah. despite the grief that they're all facing, herself included, she's yeah. desperate to get them all out of there safely. And they're dropping like flies around her. Mm-hmm. She doesn't have time to grieve, though. And she has the whole base plus Dodonna's group to take care of. Yeah. She knows how to use resources. Mm-hmm. And she's very, very quick in her decision making and her unwillingness to back down. 
It's so great. Just, I love oh, it. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. She just stares Thrawn straight down in the face yes. several times. Yes. She's like, I may not, she can't outwit him maybe on a tactical level, mm-hmm. but she is fighting for something much more important, much more personal, mm-hmm. which makes her ultimately a very formidable opponent to him. Yes. Which Thrawn does respect. I mean, yeah. One reason he goes down there is so he can get Hera. Like, that is one reason he goes down there. Yes. <laughs> And then lastly, we have Sabine. Sabine is back. Sabine is back. I remember the first time I saw that, I was like, because when Sabine left, we're like, where are we ever going to see her again? And she does come back. Sabine's brain power, though, is what's really really in the spotlight here. It it Mm -hmm. is front and center. Not only is she the one who put together that shield for Chopper Base, she also hatches the plan that takes out that interdictor with very minimal I cannot stress how minimal the resources were here very minimal yeah <laughs> really what would they have done without her they would have died died yeah they would have died yeah. or been captured like <laughs> or been captured yeah but somebody most of them would have died yeah all right well then let's move into our next holocron binding the galaxy together this is our homages and easter eggs and connections mm-hmm. colleen start us off Excellent. Okay, I got to shout out the title first. Zero hour is the time at which a planned operation is set to begin. This can refer to both Thrawn's mission as well as the rebels planned attempt to take back Lothal. Both of them failed. I mean, Thrawn's was a little bit more of a success. The rebels that never really even they never actually reached zero hour. So can you fail if you didn't start? That's true. We're going to give it to them this time. (laughs) Next, we have the mouse droid. I love them. I love them so much. Callus is using a mouse droid to spy on Thrawn's arrival at the start of part one of these episodes. For a really interesting story about mouse droids, oh, read <laughs> of MSE-6 and men, of mice and men. Hmm, clever, thank you. A short story from a certain point of view collection from the New Hope, a certain point of view. Yes. God, that one was interesting. That's an interesting <laughs> one. Tarkin is gay, everyone, and that's where we find out. All right, next. <laughs> next up. All right, so I said it during our summary that that tower looks very familiar, and I don't know why this never actually hit me until this rewatch. Like, I was always like, oh, that kind of looks familiar. Maybe I, like, but this time I was like, oh, my God, that's Ezra's house. It's Ezra's house. That tower is the yes. is the home that Ezra had at the start of the series. And that is where Callus is using to send his emergency transmissions. Mm-hmm. Good to know Ezra's helmet collection remains intact. Yes, Thrawn did not destroy that. <laughs> okay, next we have General Dodonna and the Masasi group, the Rebellion's best tactician at the moment. It's cool to see Dodonna before New Hope because you don't see much of him besides that in the films. Like that's pretty much his only thing. For a good reason, Dodonna is killed in the Star Wars comics after an Imperial attack on the Makota space docks. His heroism saved many people in the Alliance High Command though, including Admiral Akbar, who will become the best mm-hmm. tactician that the Rebellion has, Mon Mothma, Leia, and Hera Syndulla. So, He returns the favor, basically, of Hera saving him in the comics and saves her. His group, which is the Masasi group, is the largest rebel cell at this time in the story, which Kanan tells Ezra. Also, the name of his squad is a reference to the Masasi temples on Yavin 4. Mm -hmm. Force all over Yavin. 
Poe grows up there. Oh, Poe. Next, we have the Death, the Death Troopers, those Blackhead Troopers that really, we kind of see them for the first time. Most people, I think, see them for the first time in Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. Um, but we've also seen them in Mandalorian, and we see them here. And could those two troopers that are escorting Thrawn at the beginning, and then the ones that uh, Kalos kind of knocks out, could they be Pick and Waffle? I would love it. <laughs> in the canon novel, Thrawn Treason two of Thrawn's loyal death troopers get much more character development and we actually get to see those troopers without the helmets on. Okay, next we have Thrawn mentioning that Commander Sato is using a Danan tactic. It's a mm. bold defensive move. Sato calls it a spearhead formation meant to punch a hole in the Imperial lines, which it does. It does, very much so, especially yeah. through right through that interdictor. <laughs> Whoopsies, sorry, Constantine, not sorry. Yeah. Next up, I mean, this episode kind of has a lot of Empire Strikes Back vibes. Um, the a lot of the assault on Adalon seems to have been inspired by the ground battle on Hoth. You got the heavy mm -hmm. artillery. The rebels are trying to get out. So Hera issues evacuation code K01. Now that is never mentioned in the film Empire Strikes Back, but the Decipher Star Wars customizable card game identifies that as the evacuation code Leia issues at the Echo Base on Hoth. So when Leia says give the evacuation code signal, K01 is the one that they that they transmit. That's awesome. I love it. Yay, Easter eggs. Woo. <laughs> okay, next we have Yavin bringing us closer and closer to the events of Rogue One and A New Hope. Their surviving rebels are headed to Yavin, the rebel base that started it all. Mm -hmm. da, da, da. And lastly, so we've said it all the time, everything in Rebels comes back. And also that yes. this being a season finale tends to have a lot of extra callbacks to previous episodes, wrapping things up. So let's just do a rundown of all of the in Rebels callbacks that happen during these lie, episodes. Flo. We don't lie. Flo, we don't lie. So we have the apparent culmination <laughs> and failure kind of of the slow brewing attack on us all being imminent mm -hmm. we said it the y wings from from the mission to reclam station episode and general dodana who got his first mention in that same episode appear mm -hmm. thrown using callus to trace the location of the rebel base as he teased in through imperial eyes yep. including a reference to the fact that the planet was deleted and it's yeah. a payoff of thrown saying that callus would in fact be more used to them still as fulcrum than he ever was as callus rude but mm -hmm. true ezra uses the gauntlet which is the ship he took from maul at the end of twin suns to get through the blockade mm -hmm. sato yeah. sacrifices himself with the phoenix next that is the ship carrier that they got from ryloth in the episode homecoming mm -hmm. the imperials are using interdictors which first appeared mm -hmm. in the episode stealth strike to prevent the rebels from escaping the shield core that the rebels got in ghost of geonosis is what is protecting chopper base we get payoffs in the arcs for Bendu, Callus being mm -hmm. Fulcrum, mm -hmm. Sabine leaving the crew for Mandalore, and Fen Rao's decision to stay with them as well. Yep. We get Mal Mothma appearing, and the reference mm -hmm. to Bail Organa and Rebel Command, again, indicating that larger rebellion. So uh, all the pieces come together in this in these episodes, yes. and it's amazing. And it's I love so, it. it's masterful storytelling. <laughs> I yes. love it. It just shows how in tune <laughs> the creators were with not just like the wider Star Wars universe, but their own show. Yeah. Like they know that they have all these dangling plot threads that need to be woven back into the main narrative. 
and they, and they did just it. do it. <laughs> it's very seamless. It's there's like no exposition dumps. It just seems like everything should be there. Like even Hobby and Wedge are there, mm-hmm. which makes sense because they're not going to leave yet. They're not with Dodonna's group yet. It's just, I love it. Yay. <laughs> no notes. Dave Filoni no and notes. crew, you're doing great. <laughs> All right. Well, before we move into our next Holocron, like take a quick break to hear from this week's sponsor. Do you need a freelancer to help with your website, either a designer, maybe you need someone to help write expert articles or blogs, or a presentation designer to help you with a work project? Look no further than the number one freelance marketplace, Fiverr. You can find designers, programmers, and more within seconds, some for as low as just $5 a gig. Fiverr is the ideal tool to help you with your pressing projects. Just post your gig or do a search for freelancers and you're off. Don't let don't deal with the hassle of finding freelancers by yourself. Let Fiverr help you. See the link in our show notes to get started. Note Bohemian Geek Studies is an affiliate partner of Fiverr. We may receive commissions on purchases and services you buy after you click the link. These commissions help support the growth of BGS and we appreciate your continued support. Okay, everybody, it is now time to head into our fifth holocron, the newbie from Naboo. <laughs> New ginger goddess herself. This is Flo's first time watching Rebels, so we've asked her to, you know, watch, learn, live, love the characters, especially someone from this episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I think she'll have plenty to say about. Let's find out what our ambassador for Naboo thought about today's episode's Finale, season three. Let's go. Let's do it. Okay. Yes, here I am trying to step into Colleen's territory with uh, the new red hair. Hey, <laughs> more red is never bad. Always have more soul I mean, suckers. If you want to see hair. it, head to YouTube um, where you can see two beautiful, one real ginger goddess and then one very pretend one, um, but enjoying it nonetheless. Okay. Episode 21, Zero Hour Part One. Mm-mm. So we kick it off with Thrawn, and mm-hmm. he is backed by a super menacing score. And I feel like this really kicked off the two-part finale to be just very like intense, very like dark, just like a lot going on. I feel like we already knew it was gonna be super intense from those like first couple seconds. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited and like on the edge of my seat. <laughs> um, of course, we see Callus. <laughs> Yeah, we do. <laughs> a lot of callus in this episode. So much callus. I'll be talking a ton about callus. So we see callus. He's controlling like one of those teeny tiny droids that look like mice. Yes. Um, okay, so that's what I called it, but I wasn't sure that's what it was called. So perfect. He overhears this conversation with Thrawn. Now, at first, I was thinking that maybe Thrawn already knew this. And I don't feel like that was clear in the episode. Like, did Thrawn know that callus was listening? unclear okay likely okay because i feel like i feel like ron knows everything and so i figured like he already knows it's callous like there's no way that he would like let himself be open to being overheard Mm -hmm. or like tapped essentially um so i was like i thought he would be using that against callous in a different way or maybe like feeding false information Mm -hmm. um which obviously did not happen but that's where I thought this was going. It did not go that way. Okay, so then Tarkin shows up. Yeah, fucker. I hate Tarkin. Yes. But the biggest takeaway from the scene was Rebels makes everybody's cheekbones just like <laughs> pop. <laughs> I 
everybody is just like so gaunt. Yeah. Like, yeah, go Tarkin's back and watch cheek. A New Hope. Tarkin's cheekbones oh, yeah, are. Tarkin is very gone. Fair, even Cushing. But, like, but even Thrawn. I mean, Thrawn's cheekbones are. <laughs> that is what I was going to say. Between awesome. Tarkin and Thrawn, it was just like. Yeah, but Thrawn's oh. never existed in live action before, so we can't. That's, <laughs> That's fair. That's true. But it was just, it was all so bony. Oh, by the way, this is a pause. But like, thank you for the shirt, Colleen. For those of you who are watching, <gasps> I am wearing an amazing Laws Isley shirt. It's so cute. Um, it's very that. cute, and Colleen got it for my birthday, so thank you, Colleen. You're the best. Happy birthday, <laughs> Ambassador for Nabu. Thank you. I am old now. Woohoo! Okay. Um, <laughs> okay, so hate Tarkin, but eventually Tarkin leaves. It's like a very short scene with Tarkin, thank God. Then we've got Ezra. We go to Ezra, and they're talking about, like, how great the mission's gone and, like, mm-hmm. how they're pumped up. And Ezra's like, yeah, everybody helped, like you did, and Hera, and Sabine, and Zeb, not so much Chopper. And I was like, the shade, unbelievable. <laughs> like, you are alive because of yeah. Chopper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, this was a beautiful moment between Ezra yes. and Hayden. It was so good. So good. So it good. was like everything that like we've always wanted our dads to say to us, but they've never said. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, good. I loved it when he said, Ezra, you have never been like everyone else. I was just like, uh, I'm obsessed with you. Um, okay. And also I had a parallel with this, this Ezra and Kanan heart to heart before a big battle or like a big, um, I don't know if they're really expecting it to be a battle, but like a big thing, right? So they're expecting this big thing on Lothal where they're expecting to attack the TIE fighter factory, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So they're expecting this big thing. This all reminded me of all of the like heart to heart, one-on-one conversations that we saw in the absolute best episode, hands down, of Game of Thrones, A Night of the Seven Kingdoms, where everybody is preparing for this huge battle of Winterfell, which let us down quite a bit. Um, Spoiler. But that episode- I thought it was awesome. I really, I don't don't understand. Okay. I also love the battle of Winterfell, but everything after that, let me down um but the battle itself i thought was fine besides being too dark but that's for a separate pod <laughs> um, it just reminded me of like all the interpersonal things that are happening in the midst of a bigger war and that's what i love like i just i adored that so i loved this part of the episode okay can you so imagine that... zed just like kicking back singing jenny of old stones <laughs> Dude, don't even <laughs> at me with Jenny of Old Stones because that's my favorite song. And Charlotte now, Charlotte is my three-year-old, now knows every single word and can sing it. And I'm obsessed. Yeah. It's a good song. Well, it's in her it's little the voice. greatest. I, yeah, I love it. Okay. Yeah. in her little teeny tiny cutie voice. Okay. So then Callus tries to send a message to the rebels and he barely gets the fulcrum thing up. And bam, in comes Thrawn. And I have never been so scared in my whole life. (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just expected Thrawn to just like shoot him in the head. Like, which I don't really understand why he didn't. Anyways, that's for a later time. Because spoiler, Callus later. (laughs) Yes. He was playing with his food. He was. And actually, like, this is said, right? Okay, so we get to hand-to-hand combat, which was amazing. So hot. Yeah. They are both so good. And I was here just like, let's keep the scene going, everybody. Don't stop. But then Callus throws out, you talk too much. 
And it's like, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. You do talk too much, Thrawn. And then Thrawn throws out, you have the heart of a rebel. And I was just like, God, I love Callus so much. <laughs> Do you remember when I didn't like Callus at the beginning? Oh, yeah. I was waiting. I was like, Flo got a lot about three episodes him. in and you're just like, fuck him. Fuck, fuck, him. fuck him. But is he getting hotter? Yeah, he was. And now he's like, oh, my. I mean, he only gets hotter in His these episodes, His lack of too. hair. Like, oh, my God. Kill me. Yes. And then he gets like a black eye, right? And like all these cuts. And I'm just like, bibs. Dirty him oh, up. Man. Oh, man. <laughs> it was too much. Then, of course, Thrawn finds Adelon. Mm-hmm. And that was all very scary. And then there's the whole thing where like now the ships can't go into hyperspace. And now they're all stuck. Mm-hmm. And it's all very, very bad. And I was just like, this is the end. I don't know how they're going to get out of this. Thrawn was making a very good war speech. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. that man, unlike Mon Mothma, who sucks ass, by the way, like I am very <laughs> anti-Mon Mothma, oh. especially after these episodes. We'll get to this, but like she's useless, basically, is what I've decided. But Thrawn makes a great speech. Yes. And He's in my notes, I wrote Thrawn 100% a dom. Wow. That guy is a sadist as fuck. Like, if you didn't see it in this episode, like, I don't know where you were or what you were watching, but he was intense. Yeah. He has big dick energy for real. He was Christian Grey in the Red Room, like a million percent. That was some wild shit, like scary, scary shit. Yeah. It's terrifying. Okay. Then I nearly cried because Kanan doesn't want to leave Hera. Yes. <laughs> I love them so much. These were incredible Kanan Hera episodes. Um, mm-hmm. We will get to the highlights, but just him being like, I cannot leave you. Yeah. I was just like, I need a Kanan in my life immediately. Woo. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read my notes verbatim here. It says, Kanan not wanting to leave Hera, OMG sob. Yes. The next line says, if this is Bendu, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> and then the note after that says, Fuck. my fucking God, Bendu. <laughs> so yes, um, Kanan decides, decides to go and recruit Bendu to the cause, which is like Kanan, have you met Bendu? You're yeah. such an idiot right now. Yeah. I can't. He's overestimating he his pull. Yes, a million percent, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like super unsafe because they start blasting the planet and he's in the middle of nowhere with no cover. Crazy. Then I got really Jewish and I wrote, Oi, rebels taking heavy damage. <laughs> Sometimes my notes just get real Jew. I love it. I love <laughs> it. <laughs> bring it on Um, so i had an issue here there is one thing i really hate in star wars and it is when people die in space battles um i like feel i feel really bad obviously when they die on like ground combat but when they die in space battles it like really affects me because i feel like their families will never get their bodies and i don't know like why that hits me so much like i know this is pretend but i'm just like that's really sad and also like 
most likely they're dying not from the blast really but from like asphyxiation of damage on their ship and them just like going down and like dying of of asphyxiation is like my biggest nightmare so this like this whole scene was like hard for me to watch because there were a lot of people croaking it was really intense yeah Mm -hmm. um so So r.i.p to to the rebel fleet i don't really care about the bad guys dying they they (laughs) no like poor poor sato so okay so then we get into sato sato i just wrote sato with a heart and then guys who stay so noble when they're just like we're staying with you it was very like going down with the ship right like the titanic situation Then we get Constantine and his hubris, who wants the quote mm. glory of the kill. Yeah, fuck that guy. And he like breaks rank, and Sato is like, "Well, fuck you! Now I'm gonna annihilate your ship by cutting yep. it in half." Amazing. So, I mean, so good. I I'm just gonna say like raise it up for Sato. That then guy got to pour one out for hero. Sato. Yes, he's so amazing. Like that moment was fantastic. That was incredible. Like, we can pull these fuckers out of formation real easy. Just watch. I mean, and it's right. like the Hondo maneuver, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, it was just absolutely selfless, beautiful, amazing. Mm-hmm. No notes. It was perfect. It was perfect. Well, and that's like the Empire has bred their commanders to yeah. want personal glory. Totally. Mm-hmm. Which doesn't work with Thrawn's command because he's not looking for glory. He's looking to get shit done. Right. He's looking and- to win. He's looking to win. Yeah. And he's like seeing the big picture. Ooh, themes. Themes. (laughs) Whereas all the other Imperial commanders are like, nah, I'm going to get mine. Right. Yeah. I'm going to get my promotion. I'm going to get my my credits. Yeah, totally. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay. So the next note really pivots. It goes from Sato, what a hero, to Callus Restrained is yummy. I mean, he looks so good. <laughs> the man is like on his knees. His hair is a mess. His face is all cut up. And I'm just like, <laughs> yes, all of it, please. Hot. Um, and then the last note on this page says, Ben, do I hope you fucking die? <laughs> well. Yeah, in a way, we I do give my wish. Um so then the episode's almost over. Ezra is on a ship. He is heading to go get Sabine, we find out, which was very exciting. I have missed our girl so yes. much. Mm-hmm. He starts talking. He's like FaceTiming with Mon Mothma. And she's like, mm, yeah, sorry. Can't do shit yeah. for you. Mm-hmm. And I just, I hate her. I can't. Like. I don't blame you. She's like, yeah. Senator Organa was right. Like, we shouldn't have. And it's like, bitch, you were the one. Like, you, what? you're a pain in my ass Mon Mothma I can't um and that's the end of the episode there was a lot going on there yes but there's a part two so much happens in these two episodes and I always forget I texted you guys earlier I'm like holy shit so much happens in these episodes crazy and when you texted I hadn't watched yet and I was just Mm. like okay I'm super excited and these delivered like real good Mm -hmm. so let's get into part two I was so nervous for Kanan at the beginning of this episode. He is like under fire. The shield that Sabine has built is like having issues. It like works at first and then it starts fritzing. I was like, this is it. We see Hera just talking to Thrawn and it is tense and she is not backing down. And she is such a G. 
I can't. Yeah. Like, she's the opposite of Mon Mothma. She is the <laughs> she best. She is. That's why she's they work well together. The bomb. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with her. But no matter how tense and beautiful and amazing that was, Hera telling Kaden, come home, love. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, but they're not a couple. Yeah, sure. Mm. Uh, anybody who's saying that is an idiot. Wild. Like, wild shit. <laughs> that was the best. It was the best reunion. Um, it was just incredible. I, I couldn't believe that I was watching canon and not a fan fiction because I feel like in fan fiction, everyone calls each other love. Like it's very typical and like, there's lots of nicknames. Whereas I feel like in canon, we've heard so few nicknames in Star Wars. We have, she's called him, she's called him love a couple of times in the past, but it's been very, it's been very sporadic. Every time. Oh yeah. Flo's like, up, up, there we go again. I have an obsession with calling people love and being called love. So it's just like, oh it was just so good so loved it it was just it was very romantic them like being apart in the war and then coming home and I just thought it was so great because Hera has this like romantic piece but she's also such a badass and like Mm -hmm. in charge of Kanan like Mm -hmm. so it's it's been great love it (laughs) um Ezra goes to go get Sabine we get to see our girl again um it was great uh Sabine's line, my friends make the impossible possible. I mean, I wish my friends would say that about me. <laughs> That's so nice. Oh my well, you edit these episodes. Yeah, you do make the impossible possible. Um, thanks, thanks, I wouldn't know how to fucking do it. I mean, you guys write the whole thing. So you guys make the impossible possible. <laughs> teamwork. Teamwork it's makes the dream work. Teamwork. Exactly. Teams. That's right. <laughs> Working together for the greater good. Motifs. (laughs) I was happy that Ursa Wren was more of a human in these. Mm -hmm. You gave me back Mm -hmm. my daughter. That is a debt that like I need to work to repay or whatever, she says. Mm -hmm. And she gives them some ships. And we're like, okay, this is going to be a turning point here. Like, this has to be a big deal. I did have the question of like, why is Thrawn keeping Kallus alive? It's that there is no point to it. He's not really questioning him. He's, I think, like he just wants to torture Callus by seeing the rebellion go down. But it's like, I feel like Thrawn should know better. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like I think don't he leave to him interrogate over. him later. But otherwise, but like what? Like why? Doesn't like, Thrawn does... know everything that Callus has done? Probably not what he did before. Yeah. So he might, and he, he might think Callus has other information too. But okay. it's very strange that he's not dead. Yeah, it just felt weird. But hey, I'm not complaining. Give me all the callus. So Thrawn doesn't like to waste anything. So he's definitely not going to throw out callus until he's wrung him dry of everything. I just feel like it was a risky move to keep him alive. Mm -hmm. Like, it just didn't, whatever. Um, Okay, so then we're back on the ground. We see Zeb. And honestly, we have not seen Zeb a ton. Like, Mm -hmm. Zeb has taken a huge backseat. Yeah. And I was thinking last night while I was watching how much I disliked Zeb at the beginning and how much I like Zeb now. And I'm like, I kind of miss Zeb. Like, mm-hmm. we just really haven't had a lot of Zeb. I agree. So we get Zeb and we get Rex and they are taking down some chicken walkers and then the at-ats come mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, fuck. fuck. And they're just like shooting their blasters at them. It's doing nothing. They're walking through the shield. Rex is, or um, Zeb is like throwing shade at Sabine's shield. Like, let's have her make some that you can't just walk through, which is pretty right. funny. Which um, is and then Kanan comes. 
And Kanan just like slices these things, which apparently you can slice with a lightsaber. We had seen it in Rebels before. Again, I feel like this is not original trilogy canon. It's uh, not. It's it's a nit that I pick. Yeah. Yeah. It looks really cool, but it's like that should be hard. It's a little too easy. Yeah, I agree. It feels too easy. <laughs> okay. So now they're like on the ground, right? And Thrawn comes out. And he is wearing the dumbest ass space <laughs> helmet that I've ever seen in my life. He looks yeah. so stupid. And like the issue I think is that the helmet goes out, but then his cheekbones go out. And it's just like, he looks like a Christmas tree. I can't. So huge issues with the costuming department there. Yeah, those helmets suck. They're so yeah, they're, ugly. But also like useless. Like I feel like they wouldn't protect you from shit. I'm just gonna blast you in the face. Like, what are we doing here? Anyways. We get Fen Rao. He's back. We see him very, very briefly. Um, mm-hmm. But it was still cool to see him, even though I don't like him. I, I like a callback there. <laughs> then I lost my mind again because Kanan turns to Hera and says, looks like the family's together again. Oh. Stop it. Stop it right now. They will not. <laughs> oh, my God. It was just like Sabine's. It was, you know, it was like when the kid comes home from college and it's just like, oh, like, it's so nice to have all the family around the table again. It's like Sabine's mm-hmm. back. And it's just like, they're so happy to see her. It's just yes. so great. They need her. And they do. And they love her. And she loves them. And it's just like so beautiful. And then Thrawn has them. Yep. And I, look, I knew they weren't going to die because I know we get a next season. Mm-hmm. But I was mighty scared because like, we have not seen Thrawn fail. No. And, and we get another season, but that doesn't mean they all have to make it. That's right. And so I was like, oh, God. So I was I was nervous. Um, Hera takes no shit. Thrawn's like, I need an answer. Are you surrendering? And Hera's like, you already know my fucking answer, bitch. Yeah, no. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not surrendering to you, asshole. Fucking Smurf. So, yeah, no. So. <laughs> yeah, Torin piece of shit. He's like, I'm a chiss. I mean, yeah, no. So then there's a storm Mm -hmm. and it is Bendu. Oh yeah, it is. Oh, it is. He's mad. (laughs) It is Bendu and he is mad and I'm not a hundred percent sure what he's mad at. He's, I think he's mad they're fighting on his planet, right? Yeah. He is a grumpy old man telling the kids to get off his lawn. Okay. (laughs) He's also very mad at Kanan. Yes. Very mad. He's extremely upset. He like he didn't get his a uh, good nap. He is pissed. He comes over, he's a storm and he's yeah. just like a big face in the sky. And I wrote, "OMG, Bendu actually doing something. Amen." <laughs> so that was good. And it's really cool looking. Like it looks amazing. <laughs> It looks cool, but it's a little bit too like Ten Commandments for me. It's like, okay, all right. Also, like I just really don't like Bendu, and so I, Mm -hmm. I was done with it. Then it cuts to Ezra and Sabine's plan. They are um in in spacesuits. They are in Mm -hmm. huge. Ezra looks like he is deep sea diving for real. Um, (laughs) it was not a good look for him. He looked rough. He didn't even get a jetpack. No, no, he did little thrusters. <laughs> He's got his thrusters, but it works, right? So they're they're on the interceptor. 
they're they're fighting on the interceptor. There's lightsabers going. There is jetpacks. There's Mandalorians. It was really, really, really cool. Um, it just looked amazing. Then we go back to Bendu, and my note says Bendu is the most self-important douchebag. Yes. That guy could not stop talking about himself. There was nothing about like anybody else. He's just like. Do you I know who I am? Do, yeah, do you know who I am? Do you even know? Mm-hmm. Like, he's some Hollywood hotshot who's like D-list trying to get onto the guest list at a hot restaurant. <laughs> do you know who I am? Go fuck yourself, Ben Do. I mean, Thrawn certainly finds out. <laughs> I mean, just shut, like, shut up. Like, he's such a diva. He's like, I'm not going to help. No. And then he's like, oh, let me be lightning. Fuck that. Fuck you, Ben Do. Kanan goes, I might have made him angry. And Hera goes, I know what that's like. (laughs) That was pretty hilarious. I love how Thrawn shoots at Bendu the storm. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What? He has no idea what to do. He's like, I don't know what to do. Yes, he did hit something because eventually Bendu's on the ground. Now, I kind of missed how that happened. Because I was pretty focused on like the Price storyline where Price is now like hysterical. She's Mm -hmm. like, nothing is working and my cheekbones are popping too. And this is the worst thing ever. (laughs) Yes. So the at-ats shoot down Bendu. Got it. Okay. I did not get that. Ron says fire at the middle because that's Mm -hmm. probably where the source is. Got it. Okay. Well, I guess that was pretty smart. But I was distracted. Because after all of this price shit. <laughs> One of the best shots in all of Rebels occurs. Yes, team. It was it was what? Three seconds long, maybe? Maybe not even. Callus smirks, which first of all, I mean, I have to get a new couch because this was freaking <laughs> it was too tidal much. wave down there. Oh my god. It was that tsunami scene. warnings. Mm. He has a black eye. I, I wrote callous with smirk plus bat, black eye, and then I underlined the words, hello, sir. <laughs> plus, he's shackled. Like, he is shackled. shackled. He gets into this elevator with two stormtroopers. He comes out, the stormtroopers are on the ground, and he's straight up brushing himself off. And I think I came, guys. Like, yeah. I, I could... I, <laughs> it was so much there the was sure so fire. much going on surefire way to get a oh my god and or all the way there. going <laughs> it was so much also i wrote callus with the good hair his hair yes. looks so good in these episodes oh. free it free it Spring. oh my god it was so good um Hera being the most amazing at the end of this episode i just wrote Hera's is the most amazing and i love her she's incredible like mm-hmm. She did not let up for one second in these episodes. They made it to hyperspace. Her plan was like incredible. Mm -hmm. Then I wrote Bendu got got. (laughs) Which I wasn't. Or did he? (laughs) Right. So then I wrote, whoa, Bendu is gone. Okay, so Bendu like basically goads Thrawn. Thrawn, we think, because the scene cuts in such a way, we see Thrawn shooting his blaster. And then Bendu's gone. Mm-hmm. So who knows where Bendu went? I don't actually care. So whatever. He's gone. But it, did he die? We don't know. <laughs> is he one with the force like Yoda is one with the force? Or is he one with the force just 
so I this is one of the things I was going to ask in a little bit when we get to the next holocron, but we can talk about it now. Like, okay. what does ultimately happen here? Because it's it's left open. Like, you hear the laughter. Yes. Like, I always get the sense mm-hmm. Bendu's kind of like disappeared before. Like, Kanan turns around and he's suddenly gone. Yes. So you get the sense yes. that Bendu's body isn't necessarily actually like corporeal in the first place. Right. But then Thrawn was able to shoot it down. And then it was like, it was, it's this whole kind of like ambiguous thing. Like, what do we think actually happened? Okay. So, like, die like Obi Wan would? Like, what do we think about? Do you think that Bendu was actually shot down? Or do you think he went down as like a distraction technique? Oh, no, he was shot. (laughs) I, I think it's his corporeal body, but maybe his spirit can detach from it, maybe. And he can choose a new body later. Maybe. When he's stronger because he Wait, resembles so... the planet so much that it's kind of like did you what why is are you actually a rock like monster you, like did you just take this form because it camouflages with the planet but when he was the storm yeah. he didn't have a body right or he, he was still in there like his main body was in there yeah like there was something and he hit that main body was in the middle of the storm to shoot okay and he was kind of in like a you know man behind the curtain wizard of oz with the cloud face I just feel like if he had the option to not be in a corporeal body, why would he keep a corporeal body in a storm? Right. Well, to make you happy, Flo, maybe he's just a fucking idiot. Maybe he is. And maybe he's <laughs> dead. And maybe I will dance upon his grave. He probably thought he had it on lock. He's like, I can take all these fuckers out. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, this tiny blue man. Yeah, I, I can't with him. Honestly, also, like- I, I also found that moment, not going to lie, to be one of the most hilarious moments in the episode. Because you've got Bendu, and yes, Bendu is theoretically like lying there, somewhat helpless, like yeah. he's he's injured. But Thrawn thinks that his like tiny little like blast is gonna is, is gonna do, is gonna is gonna deliver the killing blow. I mean, I just assumed that like he had shot him in the eye, and I was like, oh, that's that's pretty good. But yeah, no, I don't know. Um, and then the episode ends with Sabine going back to Clan Ren, which sucked. Um, but I get it. Callus and Kanan together in one ship talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, my ovaries were exploding. <laughs> and then we're off to Yavin. And I was just like, whoa, this is exciting. Um, so much happens. So much <laughs> happening. And then Kanan ends the episode with how he sees things differently. And I was like, you can't end this on a blind joke, fucking Kanan. Who are you, answers? <laughs> no. So that was it. That was the end of the episode. Um, I And the end of the season. I... Yes loved these two episodes i thought they were great i thought there was um fighting and stakes and tension and romance and everything that i've ever wanted from star wars um was all in one i feel like i was on the edge of my seat i was nowhere close to falling asleep 10 out of 10. Woo! Woo! it's it's so good like season three finale is really good it's really good strong it's hard to beat twilight of the apprentice with all the stuff that happens there, yeah. but this is such a strong finale. I think it would have been stronger without Ben do honestly, but they had to get rid of him somehow. <laughs> or they had to like use yeah. him somehow to kind of show that he wasn't worthless just sitting. <laughs> I kind of wish that like because we saw the Krickness spiders. I kind of wish that they had attacked Thrawn. Like I would have liked to see them like tear some Empire people to pieces. If it were live action and PG thirteen rated, maybe. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, but Just then like you both them. would have been like, I did, no, no more spiders. No more I can't spiders with the spiders. spiders. <laughs> well, that's no. fair. I would have definitely said that. <laughs> yeah. But 
I have to say I can't even with one thing every episode. <laughs> Yay. Oh my gosh, I can't wait for season four because season four is pretty much solid banger episodes back to back to back to back to back. To back. But is crazy. there banging? No spoilers. No spoilers. <laughs> okay. As long as it's not Bendu banging anybody, we're good. I can tell you with certainty that Bendu is not coming back. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you that Bendu, regardless of corporeal or not, does not fuck. Does not. No. I don't know. He seems, to, he seems to like that planet a lot. Maybe he's got a hole in the ground somewhere. Oh, okay. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. That's very oh, possible. Oh, man. Mm. That's just too much. <laughs> <laughs> Although, yes, I can totally see him doing something like that because he's a weird m- motherfucker. Speaking of Bendu, we're going to talk about him a little bit now in our next holocron. Moving oh, into our sixth holocron, Conjecture at the Cantina, where we ask our questions about the episode and explore some wider Star Wars lore together. What did Dave Filoni and crew have to say about these episodes? <laughs> like I said, starting with Bendu. In the Rebels Recon episode that focused on Zero Hour, they talked a lot about the Bendu and Thrawn. We'll get to that later. But a ton about the Bendu, Flo's favorite character. Bam! Get it, get it, get it, get it. Yeah. Mm. Bendu is very polarizing for a very good reason. Um, Dave Maloney said that this guy, he just wants to sleep. That's all he wants to do. He wants to stay asleep. That the minor happening, minor happenings of the galaxy. Mm. And the worries of sentient being hold very little interest for him. He really does not care. He's such a fucking snob. Yes. I cannot. He is. He has a little bit of like Tom Bombadil energy with being able to hold the Sith Holocron thing. And Tom Bombadil can hold the ring of power without disappearing. So it's kind of that, like he's he's this like godlike being that exists in reality, but he's he's just a pain in the ass. (laughs) Just like Tom Bombadil. It's a giant in the fucking ass he kind of reminds me of like thor like i feel like thor in the first thor movie where Mm -hmm. thor's just like ah look how like sick i fucking am and then it's like shut up thor you're a pain in my ass yeah but thor wants you to notice him bendu doesn't want to be noticed he wants to just i'm sorry i'm sorry tio he doesn't want to be noticed he became a huge fucking storm and was screaming (laughs) i am the middle or whatever like fucking shut up then i only exist in the middle i'll be like the middle of the storm Like the guy literally yeah. amplified his voice over an entire area. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. Uh-huh. No, he's, he's like the diva who's the like, he's like, no, don't notice me. Uh-huh. And then like flashes everyone. Like, go fuck yourself. Like, I'm an ingenue, except yeah. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Bye, bitch. I, oh my gosh, I love it. I do like for the storm, they actually had a visual from Filoni who said, I want it to look like the sun peeking through clouds for the eyes. So that's okay, why his yeah. eyes kind of look like that. Mm-hmm. Really like that. They also wanted it to resemble, which might be why Flo, you thought it was a little like strange looking. They wanted it to resemble a 1980s film effect, kind of like Close Encounters, Ghostbusters, Poltergeist. That's what they were going for. So it does look a little kind of retro. Wait, so we could have gotten a Bendu that's made of marshmallows. <laughs> I mean, that would have the made him stay puffed Bendu, man. <laughs> I'm here for that. I'm totally here for that. Oh my god, Christmas! Oh my Christmas god. is coming. We can make like gingerbread house Adalon. <laughs> oh my god, we should do a gingerbread house like contest. Oh god, mine would be, be terrible. So terrible. Wow. <laughs> I will be making. Does the craftiest person here suggesting this contest? 
I don't know. I think Flo and Sarah would totally slay oh, that challenge. Tr- oh God, yeah, Sarah, Sarah would definitely. Sarah's like, like out of village. You're like, what the hell happened? This gingerbread man is callous. This gingerbread <laughs> woman is Flo. <laughs> that would be my representation. <laughs> it's my entry for the content. I'm here for it. I'm here for all of that happening. <laughs> Okay, next, <laughs> switching gears to the Stay other Stay tuned in three months for our Christmas show. special. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dang. <laughs> Christmas is on its way. Next, we have Thrawn, my main dude. The showrunners for Rebels said that they used Timothy Zahn's novels as the template for Thrawn, saying how well-rounded a character he is. Hmm. Pablo Hidalgo said that they wanted to keep to Zahn's description of writing Thrawn like playing both sides of the chessboard, which I think kind of worked... I think Thrawn is very well-rounded in the novels. Hmm. I don't think he is on Rebels. I think he comes across more as like a straight up villain. Yes. What do you two think? No, he's not. Shut up, <laughs> Anders. <laughs> I think, I think he villain. comes across as like extremely intelligent, which I really mm-hmm. appreciate because I feel like a lot of our villains are not particularly intelligent, even the ones that I really like. <laughs> Krennic. Yeah, well, Krennic sucks. Tarkin sucks. Anakin is just like, he had no schooling. So like, while I think Anakin could have been smart and was smart in a lot of ways, I don't think mm-hmm. that he reached his full potential. I feel like Thrawn is extremely intelligent and probably the most intelligent person that I've seen in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, so to me, that's pretty impressive. But I will agree that like there is no part of me that thinks that he is not a villain. Right. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, he was very cold. Like even just in how he was talking with Hera, it was mm-hmm. like while he showed respect for her and like showed respect for the game it was very it was cruel yes so yeah mm-hmm. yeah very cruel and zan has gone out of his mm-hmm. way to like make thron not a cruel character yeah and i think that's kind of where that's where i like trip up a little bit i'm hoping um probably not going to happen in the last ascendancy novel coming out in a couple months but i'm waiting for that novel like for that last thing to that last missing link to kind of click into place that gets from novel Thrawn up to here because I think yeah. probably you and I talked a lot about this on our old uh Thrawn character study episodes mm-hmm. that I mean it's kind of a side effect in the novels he tends to be the POV character so you need to make him more sympathetic yes yeah he's the protagonist instead of the antagonist yeah still a villain um he's not a complete villain <laughs> anders he's anti-villain i will die on this hill <laughs> let it be known that colleen only fucks villains like that's that's it i mean they're the threesome between maul and thrawn and Ooh, colleen yikes be... maul would be in intense he's one that you like watch from afar through a spyglass like away I don't think that you could handle yourself, Colleen. If you saw him through a spyglass, you would need it right now. <laughs> well, it all depends. Can he give it right now? We don't know what's under the freaking droid stuff. What's happening? I mean, he's got hands for sure. That's fair. So there you go. It works. And a face. In the immortal words of L3. <laughs> That's right. It works, baby. <laughs> all right. Oh, so... Most of my questions, I mean, we talked about what happened to Bendu. Most of my questions mm-hmm. from these episodes kind of are more about what they're setting up for next, which we won't talk about now because no spoilers. But my other main question 
kind of getting back into the themes, like when Kanan's talking to Bendu, they seem to be really setting up this Kanan as this kind of hero figure who convinces the reluctant mm. person to ultimately yeah. choose a side. But then Bendu never actually does. No, he's the middle. He, yeah. I just, what do you guys think about that? It's like, it's a very, very odd. Not like not odd in a bad way, but it is a very, very different storytelling choice than yes. I think most stories would have. It goes against the trope for sure. I would say. Yeah. I mean, I think so often, like I was expecting Kanan to succeed because the Jedi succeed and that's like what they do. And we root for them to succeed. Except so when they get when exterminated. Ben- <laughs> right. Which apparently was the will of the force. I mean, wow. Bendu what was a take such Bendu. a dick. He was like, well, maybe you were meant to be gone. Bye. Yeah. Like, it was hard. And it was hard to see Kanan failing. Especially because, like, poor Kanan, he's had a rough go at it. Yeah. Um, but it was also, like, that's kind of what made these episodes interesting. Is like, you didn't really know where it was going or where help mm. was going to come from. I had honestly totally forgotten about Sabine. Yeah. Like, I it did not occur to me that like Sabine would be a part of this. And so when they right. called back to Sabine, I was like, whoa, from left field and like Bendu from right field. And it was just like, it was everybody coming in. Mm-hmm. So Everything in Rebels me. comes back. I know. I was surprised that Pigman wasn't in this or like Hondo <laughs> just like flying in like, hello, everybody. Like, no. No spoilers. <laughs> no spoilers. <laughs> Where was Lando? Lando should have been here. Lando's busy. I think by this time he's probably on Cloud City. Okay. Yeah, he's working his way up at Cloud City. He's working his way down in Cloud City, if you know what I mean. It works. <laughs> it works. So many capes. <laughs> so yeah, I liked it. Is gone, but... I'm so excited. I do have a question for Flo. What do you think, or what do you want to see in season four? Okay. What I want to see in season four, I want to see more grappling from Ezra about the dark side I I I know nothing about season four like Mm -hmm. I just want to put it out there like I'm not pretending I have very very few spoilers for this one um I want to see some more like Sabine Mandalorian things um so I hope that we get that I want to see hot brother Tristan a lot more um I want to get some sort of understanding of Callus and how he's going to be with the rebels now. Obviously, like mm-hmm. he his cover's blown. So like yeah. he can't be doing mm-hmm. the same thing anymore. I'd like to see more Ahsoka. Um and some more fulcrum y things. Um what else do I want to see? I mean, I want to see the rebels win something. That'd be nice. Right. <laughs> I want an entire episode where Hera just makes dinner and feeds them and then she and Kanan just fuck (laughs) after dinner just all the kids go to bed and it's just (laughs) them and it's just great and that's your cabin or mine (laughs) well their cabin they share one do they really have separate cabins i'm gonna be pissed. yes they absolutely have separate cabins shut the fuck yes, up right now because I mean, when harris got no when harris got to sleep she's got to sleep yeah that's fair actually actually you know what that actually does sound really good i hope they have separate <laughs> yeah. bathrooms too just like having your own space is nice and then it's like exciting you know 
Mm -hmm. I mean, they're right across the hall from each other though. So it's like easy peasy. Yeah. <laughs> just like, oh, I just need to walk across the hall. <laughs> but like, are they all sleeping in bunks? I feel like. Ugh. I think yeah. the only ones I have to share are Zeb and Ezra. Yeah. So do other people have like a nicer, bigger bed? Like I want them to have a bed mm. like Padme had or like when we saw Anakin shirtless, that's the kind of bed they need. They need to yeah, like they most need. Uh, a cargo they, ship yeah. probably does not have beds like that. No. Bummer. I mean, I think that Falcon does just because Lando made it that way. Oh. Yeah. Lando's the ghost got like is smaller. Lando's got like one of those circular beds that like rotates and has like yeah. a disco ball that drops. Yeah. He's like Quagmire from Family Guy. Yeah. That's yeah. who he is. But he actually can get it. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. Although I think Quagmire does get it. He does, which is alarming. Yeah, it is alarming. <laughs> I agree. Stay tuned for BGS Family Guy. <laughs> <laughs> They but, do yeah. uh, Star Wars. <laughs> they do do Star Wars. They do do Star Wars. We should do a special. <laughs> oh my God, that would be hilarious. So I think that's what I really want to see. I want to see no Ben do. I want to see tons of AP5. I want AP5 to get a medal. I love AP. Um, I think I want more Lethal, maybe. Mm -hmm. I feel like they've been teasing so much Lethal. We were on Lethal. We were like, really concerned about Ezra's parents for so long mm -hmm. and now like we just haven't mentioned it in forever so yeah I think that's that's where I am okay all right I'm gonna I'm gonna mentally put yeah, those in file. here yeah I'm gonna file all that back then we'll uh, we'll revisit some of those things maybe later yes but we do not want to give away too much about season four so Tune in with us next time we will begin our season four coverage with that two-part season opener and uh probably several emotions <laughs> many emotions will be had <laughs> oh no oh god now i'm nervous until then though follow us wherever you get your podcast leave us those five star reviews check out our website bohemiangeekstudies.com where you can watch all of our episodes enjoy colleen's book corner where she reviews star wars literature and contact us through email and social media and as always keep telling nerdy knights join us it really does help you can also head over to ForgottenEntertainment.com. Check out all the offerings from the Forgotten Entertainment family, including yet another Star Wars podcast where we examine different facets of the Star Wars canon. And we are about to sink our teeth into the newly released, as yes. of today, Star Wars Visions. I am going to so binge good. the shit out of that right when we're done recording. Yay! <laughs> I did this morning. <laughs> I'm so excited. Like, <laughs> But um, until next time, lightsabers up. Keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. And get Flo some new couch cushions. Yes. Can we please crowdfund for like a, an Ikea gift card? Thank you.